Tactical sports take. Inbound. Who the fuck is that guy? Beat him off. Stomp on his head as he's unconscious. Five-tool commentator. <laughs> he's the Willie Mays of sports <laughs> broadcasting. It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Owen Ely Show. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. We've got a great one for you today here on this Saturday, March 5th, as we look to preview UFC 272 Covington versus Masvidal, which will take place in just the uh, matter of uh, a couple of hours. Uh, as always, great to be back with you guys. Got a big show for today. A little bit abbreviated because we are on a condensed time schedule here, but uh, should be a fun one. Probably one of the most highly anticipated pay-per-views in, uh, you know, certainly the last couple of years. I'm not going to say it's going to be the biggest one, but uh, I, I know the anticipation for me is very, very uh, much elevated for this one. Uh, we will have updated rankings. We'll get those done. We are so far behind on rankings, uh, but we'll, we'll catch up with those. And that's pretty much the only housekeeping I have to get to. Like I said, we're on a little bit of a, a crunched schedule here so uh, I don't really have anything else uh, to, to mention so we'll get right into it we'll start obviously with the main event best friends turned enemies Colby Chaos Covington and Jorge Gamebred Masvidal Covington will be the number one welterweight contender we'll have Masvidal at number six Covington with a record of 16 and 3 Masvidal 35 and 15 uh, we'll take a look at the odds courtesy of Odds Shark, and Covington will be the minus 325 favorite. Um, odds are odds are always a little bit interesting. I think that those are pretty fair odds, uh, if I'm being honest. I, I definitely expect Covington to win this fight. Uh, no need to uh, bury the lead. That's one thing that uh, you know journalism school has taught me. You don't want to bury the lead. Uh, and there's, there's no reason to bury it here. I think Covington's going to win pretty convincingly. I think when when you look at Covington and when you look at Masvidal, I think the longer the fight goes on, it, it's pretty much direct, directly proportional to the chances of Jorge Masvidal winning the fight. I mean, as the fight goes on, uh, basically there's a direct correlation for uh, you know the, the chances of him losing going up. Uh, I, th- I think Covington is just about better in every scenario. Uh, obviously, you would have to give cardio to Colby. You would have to give wrestling to Colby. Um, honestly, this might sound a little bit crazy, but I probably would give the striking to Colby as well. Now, I don't doubt. I don't doubt that if it was Colby and Jorge under kickboxing or boxing rules, that Masvidal would win, but. The thing is, I think, much like um, great grapplers like Khabib, when when you're such a threat to take somebody up and down and up and down and, and hold them down like Covington is, I think that makes your striking better because you're you know 
there's, there's going to be technical things that, that you're going to have to do differently against a great grappler. You know, your hands are going to have to be lower, uh, you know, wh- whatever whatever you have to do to sacrifice some of your striking for the sake of takedown defense. And Masvidal does have good takedown defense. It's I believe it's sitting at around 70%. So, you know, not going to be the easiest thing in the world. He does have a good survivability on the ground uh, and a good ability to get back to his feet. But I just think Covington is so much better. And I, I think practically speaking, in an MMA match, Covington is going to have the better striking due to his strengths elsewhere. You know, we, we think of Covington as a wrestler, and, and certainly that's his background, but you look at the RDA fight, you look at the Lawler fight, and yeah, there was takedowns mixed in there, certainly the Lawler fight, but I think he can hold his own striking. So I wouldn't even really give that big of an advantage to Masvidal in the striking. Certainly the, the one-punch KO explosiveness you're going to have to give to Masvidal. I think that's the one thing that Masvidal is going to have over Colby. But the thing about Masvidal, and we've seen this through the course of, you know, the two Usman fights, you know, even even through the Nate Diaz fights as well, you know, he's a burst fighter. He, he really reminds me, in a way, uh, of uh, his teammate and friend Yoel Romero, where Masvidal, his, his bursts are not as spaced out as Yoel Romero. He has just huge gaps. I mean, Yoel Romero has two to three bursts per round, Jorge Masvidal Maybe he has five to ten bursts per round. Um, but he's a burst fighter, and really once you get through 15 or 20 bursts, uh, and, and, you know, a burst could just be, you know, three or four seconds of going balls to the wall, uh, you know, a, a, a four or five-piece combo, just wh- whatever it is. Um, you know, he, he's not an inactive fighter. That's not the right way of putting it, but he, he definitely tries to do his damages in in bursts and you know when when they work they work I mean that's that's how we caught Darren Till in, in one of those bursts you know just exploding in and and uh I believe it was the left hand that knocked out Darren Till but you know so so Masvidal is going to have a good chance to win this fight in round one early parts of round two but man after that I just I have a tough time believing that Masvidal is going to have uh, you know, a, a high percentage chance to to win this fight any other way. You know, it's MMA and crazy things happen, and certainly I've made predictions that uh, don't don't come true. But um, I, I just see I just see Covington uh, using his cardio to uh, just grind down Jorge Masvidal, and and I think uh, you know it, it's going to be a 50-45 for Colby Covington. You know, Covington wins rounds Jorge Masvidal doesn't exactly win rounds if he if he wins a round he probably finished you in that in that round so he's not a guy who's gonna uh probably concern himself too much with the scorecards uh in this fight and and basically he said as much in in some of the pre-fight interviews saying you know it doesn't matter if I'm down two or three rounds you know I'm still coming for him and I'm still coming for you know basically the, the the knockout finish uh which I don't doubt is is isn't true for a, a second i believe that's that's definitely his mindset in, in this one but you know i think colby covington is uh right up there i mean <clears throat> excuse me mma math is is interesting because it you know it never really works out but it kind of is something to look at so you got to take it with a grain of salt but you do have to take it with a grain of salt um 
look at their two fights against Kamaru Usman, blah, blah, styles make fights, all that stuff. I'm not saying that's not true, but, um, you know, Covington's fights were a hell of a lot closer than Masvidal's fights. I mean, that that first fight between Jorge and Kamaru was not even close for a second. And the, the, the second fight, he got knocked out in, what was it, round two or round three or whatever. Covington, I had it two rounds to two. Uh, going into the fifth round in that first fight. Obviously, you know how that finished, and that's why Kamaru's, you know, the pound-for-pound pound king right now. And then this, the second fight, I still think Kamaru won, but Colby probably won two rounds. Two of those last three rounds, I think he, he probably won. I'd have to go back and, and re-watch the fight, but, you know, Colby's fights were at least competitive, and, and you can't really say that for Masvidal, so I like Colby to win this one. And I'm just, I'm really excited because... It's one of those monumental fights, and I don't use that word lightly. Where there's like certain, there's certain times where it, where you're an MMA fan and you're watching something, and something happens, and you're like, wow, th- like this is a moment. You know, whether or not it was somebody did a spectacular move that you'll never forget about, like Joaquin Buckley's uh, spinning back, whatever the hell you call whatever he did uh, against Impakasanganai, um, or whether or not it's just the stakes of this fight are so big that no matter the outcome, you're like, wow, this was a moment. This really feels like it's going to be a moment. I I can't envision Covington beating Masvidal and, and, and figuring out what happens after, just like I can't envision Masvidal beating Covington. Like I'm, so, like, I'm so curious to see what happens afterwards. Like, does somebody get carried out in a stretcher? What if it's a close fight? What if it's 48-47? Do we get a part two? Is there going to be a brawl after the fight? Um, you know what I mean? It's just, I can't imagine Covington having to walk around for the rest of his life, you know, getting, uh, you know, starched by Masvidal. I can't imagine. How would Masvidal react if he got 50-40 It's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, some outcome is going to happen, obviously, in this fight. And it's just, I'm so interested to see how they react to that and how the rest of the world reacts to it. I mean, Twitter is just going to be fucking lit later tonight. So I, I'm just... I'm happy. Honestly, either way, no matter the outcome, I'm I'm pretty happy. Pretty happy because you know something interesting is going to happen. And sometimes, you know, I tell I tell Reagan this, being a Vikings fan, you know, I, I um I just want something interesting to happen. It doesn't even have to be good for my team. You know, it could be terrible for my team, but at least it's interesting. You know, there's there's nothing worse than boredom. I mean, that's 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 the biggest takeaway from uh, you know sports. Um, but with that, uh, I think I've basically said everything I got to say uh, about about this one. Um, we'll move on here to the co-main event. Uh, two Brazilians, Rafael dos Anjos and Renato Moicano. Moicano coming in on short notice. This is a catch weight bout at 160 pounds. Moicano 16-4 and 1. Dos Anjos 30 and 13. Uh, we'll take a look at the odds for this one. Dos Anjos, I suppose we'll call him the moderate favorite, minus 170. Um, pretty pretty fair odds, uh, if, if I'm being honest. Not the most interesting co-main event, but uh, you know the show must go on, as they say. Um, I would have I would have greatly preferred Islam Makachev to step in and, and fight RDA. You know, really took zero damage in that Bobby Green fight. I'm I'm really surprised they couldn't work something out. I would honestly rather see uh, the Iron Lung Paul Felder come back. Uh, but, you know, I don't have anything against Moicano, especially this 
current iteration of Moicano, big money Moicano, might be my favorite new uh, uh, mythical fighter that has evolved uh, or emerged in, in the last couple of years. Big money Moicano. So, you know, if RDA wins, it's a, it's a good thing because, you know, he's always relevant and he's always going to get, you know, interesting fights. Probably has the toughest strength of schedule of any fighter um, in, in the last five, six, seven years outside of maybe John Jones. Uh, you know, it's it's ridiculous. You got to throw records and, and win streaks and losing streaks, um, you know, out of the equation with RDA. And Moicano, I, I, you know, obviously I appreciate big money Moicano, but the, the thing I, I appreciate more than that with Moicano is he was kind of a top prospect, worked his way up, had some nice wins over uh, uh, Cub Swanson and... Um, Ah, shit. It was a Jeremy Stevens. He had a couple of nice wins. Uh, Calvin Cater, that's who it was. So he had a couple of nice wins, and then he started losing. He, he got knocked out in three of his last... or three of, three of four fights during a stretch from 2019 to 2020. And, you know, it's a mini two-fight winning streak, but what I appreciate is he's going back to what got him to the dance. He's not trying to be a striker. He, You know, he's a great grappler, and, he, and he's going back to grappling, and, you know, he got two... Uh, rear naked choke finishes uh, in his last two fights over Jai Herbert and and Alexander Hernandez. So, you know, he's going back to the basics. He, he's not trying to get fancy. He, he's doing what he's good at, you know, and you have to have a, a degree of well-roundedness. So I would like to see the striking from Moicano uh, improve if, if he's really going to make a big leap. But, uh, you know, he, he's going back to grappling and I, that, that's probably the smartest thing he could do man because he is not a great striker at least at this point uh in his career and at 32 we'll see if he ever can become a great striker but if he gets past rda that is massive because i think rda is ranked at least in the ufc's rankings at like number six or number seven so i mean he really would blast his way up a, a pretty crowded lightweight division you know he might never he might never get a, uh, an opportunity this big ever again I mean, I would say the biggest opportunity of his career was the Jose Aldo fight, but I mean, this this is a pretty close second because RDA obviously is a is a Brazilian legend. Um, you know, he's he's uh, a, I, w- I would say he's a surefire Hall of Famer, especially given the respect Dana White has for RDA. And you know, this this is massive. I mean, his I don't think it's hyperbolic to say the rest of his career kind of hinges on this fight because. You know, if, if you lose this fight and you're out of the rankings, you know, we've seen people struggle to climb. I mean, he might have to go beat two more unranked guys, then beat number 15, then beat 13, then beat 11, then beat 9, then beat 6. I mean, he could do five or six fights worth in one fight if he just gets past RDA. So, very big fight. That that being said, I, I think I ha- I am gonna have to go with RDA. You know, I don't really look at his last handful of fights because he just he just has the the toughest schedule, um, you know that that we've seen uh, you know in in the last half decade, or or at least you know right up there. Uh, you know, it was it was a pretty dominant fight against Paul Felder. Um, should not have been a, a split decision, and it's, you know 160 is kind of interesting because it is a catch weight, but you know it's kind of basically 155 I think he's a much better lightweight than he is a a welterweight but 
you know, he ran into some, he ran into some pretty uh, great great fighters at 170. So, you know, when you look at the red on his record, I mean, Covington, Usman, and Edwards, I mean, Jesus, those might be three uh, UFC welterweight champions, you know, when, when it's all said and done. So uh, I'm going to go RDA. I just think he's more well-rounded. The striking's probably going to serve him well, but the, the grappling will be a, a real concern uh, against Moicano. All right, moving on to the featured bout. We'll have a uh, featherweight fight here between Edson Barboza and Bryce Mitchell. Barboza 22 and 10, Mitchell 14 and 0. We'll take a look at the betting odds for this one. Bryce Mitchell will come in as the minus 155 favorite. I think this is another interesting uh, crossroads fight for uh, kind of both fighters, more so for Edson Barboza given his age. But, um, you know, styles make fights. And this, I mean, you really couldn't get two more uh, distinct styles. I mean, Edson Barbosa, one of the greatest, flashiest strikers in UFC history. And Bryce Mitchell, I mean, he's going to try to take you down and try to submit you or, or ground and pound you. So uh, two contrasting styles, um, basically, as far as you can get, you know, on, on the dichotomy spectrum or, or, or whatever you want to call it so um you know does does wrestling work better or or does striking work better i mean we're gonna we're gonna get down to the bottom of it uh bryce mitchell obviously undefeated kind of kind of steamrolled through his uh competition he you know he certainly has not faced anybody on the level of edson barboza you know feely's a tough fighter rosa's a, a veteran he's a tough fighter but you know this is this is three steps up for Bryce Mitchell. I mean, he, I don't know, man. This is this is kind of wild to put him up there against somebody um, this good. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Edson Barbosa does not tend to fare well against grapplers. Obviously got worked over in that Khabib fight, uh, worked over in that Kevin Lee fight. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I, I really kind of... To, to, to be on the side of brevity uh, and keep this uh, preview going, I really think it's as simple as if Bryce, Bryce Mitchell takes him down, Barbosa's fucked. If it's on the feet, Bryce Mitchell's fucked, and, and he might you know get flatlined by uh, a spinning wheel kick or spinning body kick or really a spinning anything from Edson. Uh, Edson looks really good at 145. It's, it's very interesting that somebody at kind of an advanced age who was pretty darn big for 155 somehow could make whatever changes he's made to his diet and training and and go down to 145 i, I just find that fascinating i mean he, he looks like he's at death's door when he's making it but he says that uh he's fine he's gonna have a five inch reach advantage i would have to imagine his game plan is to stay as far away from bryce mitchell as possible so you know I'm going to go with Edson Barbosa in this one, especially over 15 minutes. You know, that's 10 minutes uh, of uh, 10 minutes less, 10 minutes fewer. I am so tired, if you couldn't tell. 10 minutes fewer uh, opportunities for Bryce Mitchell to take him down, if that made sense. Probably didn't. Uh, that's why you don't take sleeping pills. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go Edson Barbosa on this one. I think it might, it might be a little trendy to go with Bryce Mitchell, especially given the undefeated record and uh, how good wrestling is. But I think Barbosa is a veteran, and, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, um, 
I don't know. He'll, he'll, he'll uh, pull out all the stops for Bryce Mitchell. I don't know if he finishes him. Maybe over 25, but uh, I'm going to go with Edson Barbosa to win this one. All right, moving on to uh, the second fight on the main card. It's going to be in the welterweight division. Kevin Holland making his 170 debut against Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Kevin Holland 21 and 7. Oliveira 22, 11 and 1. Take a look at the odds for this one. Kevin Holland is going to be the massive minus 350 favorite. Does not really get more. Uh, clear that uh, Holland is a favorite than that, although we will get to a crazy favorite on the uh, prelims in, in, in just a little bit. Uh, Kevin Holland is probably more talented than just about anybody he fights, but whether or not he puts it together, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. He's going to have a huge reach advantage, huge height advantage on Oliveira. Somehow he's the number 14 ranked Middleweight, that is fucking crazy. Kevin Holland is light years away from being ranked in any division. And uh, I, you know, I just hope we see him do something good. I just hope we see him win. You know, he, he hasn't won in his last three fights. No contest in his last outing against Kyle Dawkins. Clear loss. He's on a three-fight losing streak as far as I'm concerned. And hopefully Oliveira doesn't take him down. If it's striking, I like Holland's chances. And, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I don't want to see another... Happy-go-lucky Kevin Holland in a loss going, Oh, geez, shucks, I'm just so happy to be here. Golly, boy, my opponent was real good, and I got fucking dominated. I got 30-24, but golly, I'm just happy to be here. I don't want to see any of that. I can't stand that. It's the most annoying thing on the planet. Do something spectacular. Knock out knock out uh, Alex Oliveira. Prove that you belong at 170. You know, maybe that'll help his discipline going down to 170. Obviously, it was very undersized frame-wise to be at middleweight. And there's no better time to beat Oliveira in spectacular fashion. He's on a three-fight losing streak. Uh, got finished by Shevkat, Rachmanov, and Randy Brown. Um, he's lost, Jesus, six of his last eight. So, you know, put put him out to the pasture. You know, he, he's a cowboy. He's a former bull rider or, or, you know, bull handler or whatever the hell you call him, ranch hand. You know, take him out to, pa- to to pasture. You know, put him away. So I, I'm I'm expecting for Kevin Holland to, you know, for all of us to be talking about Kevin Holland after this fight because of what he does to uh, Alex Oliveira. And if he doesn't, then I'll be really disappointed. All right, moving on to the main card opener. It's going to be between Sergey Spivak and Greg Hardy. Spivak 13 and three. Greg Hardy seven and four. Take a look at the odds for this one. Spivak will be the minus 185 favorite. Another crossroads fight here, certainly for Greg Hardy, because this guy has to get back uh, on the winning track. Not that he really ever was on the winning track. Um, but Spivak, Spivak's no joke, but I, I can't really get a good read uh, on the polar bear because he's got some nice wins that have kind of surprised me that I, I, I didn't know that he could go out and win uh you know the notably the Tuivasa and uh Alexi Olenek fight and then he's got some you know kind of disappointing losses to you know Walt Harris uh I mean Marcin Tabura kind of he he was on the up and up at the time that he fought Spivak but uh you know he's 27 he's learning that's still you know damn pretty pretty young for a, a heavyweight but Greg Hardy 
you know, another massive spot for him on a, a main card of uh, a pay-per-view. God knows why. I mean, he's, he's really not that good of a fighter, and, you know, he's been knocked out in his last two fights. Hopefully he gets, you know, put into the hospital by uh, Sergey Spivak, but uh, I guess that's neither here nor there. You know, he, he has to get a legit win, and in my mind, you know, th- th- this guy doesn't have a legit win in the UFC yet. You know, Dmitry Smolyakov was uh, a plant as far as I'm concerned. Juan Adams was a bum. Ben Sassoli, definitely not a, a UFC fighter. Jorgen DeCastro never should have been in the UFC, and, and Maurice Green is just not good. Not good, and we've seen that through many fights. So, you know, he doesn't have a, a, a UFC-caliber win as far as I'm concerned. Sergey Spivak is a UFC-caliber fighter, so, you know, this is there's no time like the present for him to do something, but hopefully uh, he gets uh, knocked out. Spivak is going to have a huge advantage on the ground as far as I'm concerned. If it's standing, you know, maybe it goes the way of Greg Hardy, probably has more power uh, than Sergey Spivak, but, you know, we'll see how this one plays out. I'm going to go Sergey Spivak by round two submission because I don't like Greg Hardy I don't think he's I don't think he's that good of a fighter kind of a failed uh, experiment going on here in the UFC all right moving on to the prelims we'll try to go pretty quickly through some of these uh, prelim fights here so we're going to start off with the prelim headliner for some reason between Jalen Turner and Jamie Malarkey, Jalen Turner, 11 and 5. Malarkey, 14 and 4. Taking a look at the odds for this one. Turner, the minus 155 favorite. Man, I have no idea why this is the prelim headliner, especially when you have uh, the fight before this, Marina Rodriguez and Xiaonan uh, Yan, or however you say that. You know, that's basically a number one contenders fight for the, the straw weight. Uh, championship after Carla Esparza gets her shot. Um, two fighters with, you know, not not a very good record. I got to go Jalen Turner on this one. Uh, it, it seems like he's kind of turning a corner here at 26. He's six foot three. That's going to be really hard to, to deal with, especially for Malarkey, who, uh, you know, is kind of tall for 155, but certainly never, uh, you know, never fought somebody like uh, a Jalen Turner. And he's got three finishes in his last three fights, Kulabau, Weaver, and Uros Medic, who I really liked coming off of the Contender Series. So not the greatest record, not the greatest UFC record, but, you know, you look at recent history, uh, Jalen Turner is really becoming a nice finisher. Uh, things are turning around a little bit for Malarkey because he started off 0-2 and now he's 2-0. and uh, The the comma-worthy win, we, we kind of saw that, uh, you know, he, he's a little bit of a fluke in the UFC and Devontae Smith. That's a, that's a nice win, but... You know, I like Jalen Turner in this one, and I think he finishes him. Uh, I'm going to go on round two because he's got a pretty short average fight time. And uh, I'd say it's equally as likely that he knocks him out or chokes him out. All right, moving on to what should be the prelim headliner. It's going to be Marina Rodriguez and Xiaonan Yan. Uh, Rodriguez is 15-1-2. Yan is 13-2. and two. Uh, two pretty nice records there at uh, strawweight. Like I said, I think this is a number one contenders fight. Uh, as, as far as I'm concerned, Rodriguez is at number three, and uh, Jan is at number four. Um, I don't really know a whole lot about Jan. She just kind of skates by. Uh, I can't really commit any of her fights uh, to my memory. 
So I, I don't have a whole lot to say about her. She did have a nice win streak coming into the UFC and, and continued that through, um, you know, a couple of uh, notable fighters like uh, Kovalkiewicz and Gedalia. But I really like Rodriguez. I think her striking is probably the best at 155, and I think her uh, takedown defense has gotten better uh, over her last, uh, you know, maybe two or three fights. So she, se- she seems like she's really uh, kind of turning a corner. Uh, she's 34 years old, which is kind of up there for, you know, being in your prime at strawweight. So I don't think she has a, a crazy amount of time left uh, at the top of her game. And But, you know, she's only ascending. Um, debatable whether or not she lost to Carla Esparza, which was a, a split decision lost, but three really nice wins over Hebos Watterson, who's the most overrated female fighter of all time, and Mackenzie Dern. So I think she makes, uh, well, I was going to say short work, but she's not much of a finisher. I think she wins pretty handedly by unanimous decision. Just a really, really fun striker to, to watch. Probably my favorite striker to watch on the female side of things would, would have to be Marina Rodriguez. And I know a lot of people who also feel that same way. All right, moving on. I'm just going to give predictions for some of these because, uh, you know, we got to we gotta get going here. Chop, chop. We got uh, Nick Negumarianu uh, and Kennedy Zechiku in the uh, light heavyweight division. I'm sure I butchered that. Nick is going to be 11-1. and one. Kennedy is going to be 9-2. and two. Uh, Don't really know what to make of, uh, of this one. Uh... I don't think Nick has fought anybody uh, worth talking about in the UFC. Kennedy, uh, he's been worked over in parts of some of his fights, but turned it around. I was really impressed with him in the Danilo Marquez fight where he just kind of got backpacked for two full rounds and then comes back and and knocks out Danilo Marquez very early in round three. So I think that showed a lot of resilience. Kind of got smoked by Daun Jung with a... uh, elbow uh, in his last fight, but you know I want to pick Kennedy in this one. I think he's going to beat the uh, Moldovan. All right, moving on to the female flyweight division. Marina Moroz taking on Maria Agapova. Moroz ten and three. Agapova ten and two. Uh, I, I'm going to have to go with uh, Agapova on this one. It's been a very long layoff for uh, Marina Moroz. Uh, almost a two-year layoff to the day. A lot going on in her uh, head because of what's going on back home. Uh, so unfortunately, I do think that plays a part in in this one. Um, but I think Ogapova's uh, really, really talented, and she definitely fucked up in that Shanna Dobson fight, trying to go, you know, 110% in round one. She definitely should have beat Dobson. Had a nice outing against Mazo. I think she she. Uh, Probably finishes Marina Moreau's. There's obviously a really big um, beef between these two fighters. So this one will be a surprisingly fun one for uh, kind of a low-profile pro- prelim fight. Uh, at bantamweight, we got Umar Nurmagomedov, cousin of Khabib, against Brian Boom Kelleher. Nurmagomedov, 13-0. Kelleher, 24-10. and uh, Umar is the biggest favorite on the card at minus 850, and I'm going to leave it at that. I think Umar... Uh, smokes Kelleher, although Kelleher is a pretty good litmus test. Definitely not a pushover, but I think Umar uh, smokes him. Speaking of smoking somebody, we got Tim Elliott and Tagir Ulanbekov at flyweight. Elliott 17, 12, and 1. Ulanbekov 13 and 1. Ulanbekov is, is going to smoke 
smoke Tim Elliott. He's only the minus 220 favorite. Kind of surprising. Tim Elliott, tough fighter, has some of the best moments in tough history uh, where he's challenging Julian Lane uh, to bang. Uh, that's fucking hilarious. So he's uh, fucking, he, he's goaded for that. But when it comes to winning fights in the UFC, he just doesn't, he, he doesn't win fights in the UFC. You know what I mean? Especially not against uh, a good level uh, competitor. So uh, I think Ulan Bekov is going to win this one. Uh, moving on to 155, we'll have Ludovic Klein taking on Devontae Smith. Klein 17 and 4, Devontae Smith 11 and 3. Uh, Smith desperately needs a win in this one. Obviously got knocked out uh, in pretty bad fashion by Kama Worthy uh, early on uh, in his UFC career. Came back and beat the brakes off of Justin James and then got knocked out by uh, Jamie Malarkey, who's fighting in the prelim headliner for God knows. Uh, what reason so lost two of his last three I'm, I'm not going to say he's going to get cut if he loses this fight but you know you really got to turn the ship around here especially for somebody who a lot of people thought was a very very blue chip prospect and at 28 he's going to have to turn it around here Ludovic Klein great great debut when he knocked out Shane Young his striking looked fucking phenomenal phenomenal but since then he's lost to Mike Trezano and got uh, choked out by Nate Landwehr so you know, this probably is his career right here in the UFC. You got to win this one uh, if you want to keep your job and continue being the only, uh, the first and only Slovakian fighter in the UFC. And we finally reached the prelim opener in the uh, light heavyweight division between Dustin Jacoby and Mikhail Olizechuk. Jacoby 16 5 and 1, Olizechuk 16 and 4. Take a look at the odds. On this one, Jacoby, the minus 190 favorite. Two pretty low-key good fighters. Uh, you know, they're not highly heralded guys. People probably would know Jacoby a lot more than Oli Tsechuk, just given how active Jacoby has been in his second tenure in the UFC. Oli Tsechuk, only 27, though, so he's the much younger fighter coming off of a real nice knockout of Shamil Kamzatov. I kind of have a tough time picking this one, but I'm going to go Dustin Jacoby. He's looked real good. I don't agree with the uh, split decision draw against Iwan Kutalaba. So in my mind, this guy's undefeated in his second tenure in the UFC. That would make him, uh, depends if you, can cont- if you count contender series fights, but five or six fight UFC win streak. And, you know, I think if Jacoby wins, I'd like to see him really get challenged. I'd like to see him you know, probably up against somebody in the rankings because, uh, again, not the youngest fighter in, in the world, uh, and he's got obviously got a wealth of striking experience. So, uh, you know, I don't feel great about it because I, bo- I think they're both real good fighters, but I'm going to go Dustin Jacoby by uh, unanimous decision on this one. All right, well, with that, we'll wrap it up here. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N. Be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media. And thanks for tuning in, everybody.